Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast by Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Happy and healthy relationships extend past our friendships and love partnerships. They also include the relationships we have with our children. When we are tuned in and present to ourselves, we are able to be tuned in and present to our children. Quite simply, we thrive, they thrive. And here's where our guest today, Carrie Davidson, and her work with the five personality types comes in. The more we're able to understand and nurture ourselves, the more available we are to understand and nurture those around us. We are able to look at our children in a different light and honor the unique qualities about them. We are able to look at our partner and our ex-partner and develop a deeper understanding for the way they show up to parent as well. We deepen in our understanding, we deepen in our connection, we deepen our ability to help one another to thrive. We're going to take a short break and we're gonna come back with our last of a four-part series with Carrie Davidson discussing the five personality types and how they help you to more effectively parent and co-parent. When you sell a piece of jewelry, you can't control how much it's worth, but you can make sure that you're selling smart with a team of experts and advocates behind you at Worthy. Your engagement ring can be a financial asset that allows you to embrace a new and fulfilling life after divorce. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. Carrie Davidson is the founder and CEO of Turnasol, the holistic health think tank collaborative in New York City, which combines frontier science and proven wisdom, empowering people and organizations, and includes the nonprofit Turnasol Kits. This is episode four of a four-part series with Carrie, and I'm very excited to have her back, especially discussing this topic as it relates to parenting. So welcome, Carrie. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be back. Yes, I've been looking forward to this specific conversation for a while. And I know um, a lot of people in our worthy community have been as well, since they really do struggle with parenting, especially with the added stress of divorce on top of it. So I think this is going to be a treat for everybody. Good. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. So I think our audience has gotten to know you pretty well by now, but just if you could share a little bit about yourself, your work, and specifically why this topic around parenting is so important to you. You got it. I I started Turnisol because I really wanted there to be a resource for people to deeply understand who they are, what they need, why they get stuck in behavior patterns, and and get a sense of a toolkit and skills that are more holistic. Mm-hmm. How much sleep do I need? What food do I need to eat? You know, what about my relationships can improve and how can I be a better friend or a better spouse or a better parent? Mm-hmm. So I started turn us all about six years ago now and almost four years ago I started this nonprofit turn us all kids to really bring this information you know more to parents and kids it's important to me because I am a divorced mom of three kids and parenting is really hard it's really hard when you're in a strong marriage mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's even harder adding these you know, dynamics of be going through a divorce, being divorced, 
um, everything that happens with divorced familying and co-parenting. Right. And so I really wanted to create some model, some support to help people feel more empowered to take control over these relationships and still continue to help them thrive even in the face of their difficult situations. I love that because, you know, the truth of the matter is there's a lot of shame that gets thrown at people when they make the the decision to divorce when there's children involved. And like you said, it's challenging. There's difficulties, there's hardships, but you can still thrive with the right tools. Our children can be happy and joyful and have beautiful lives ahead of them. Absolutely true. Absolutely. And I feel like what you're doing, the work you're doing really helps families to make that a reality. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So why don't we start with you know, we've kind of, this is the fourth episode. And I imagine a lot of our listeners are really starting to really get comfortable with the five personality types with this concept with sort of thinking from this mindset. But you know, just kind of for anyone who's new. And then also, since we're speaking specifically about children this week, how does each personality type look in our children? How do we recognize who they are? Right. So when I when I work in the nonprofit side, when I work in the parent side, we use uh, we use a language that's more kid friendly, mm-hmm. um, certainly age appropriate, because my teenagers don't want to hear the way I would speak to a ten year old. Right. <laughs> But we use the same five elements. We call them heroes. We teach a child what their gift is to this world instead of kind of what makes them stand out as, you know, a problem or, or wrong. Mm. And um, so, so the language that I'll use today is a little more kid and family centric. Okay. And it was really, it was really designed um, and developed by our health and education director at our nonprofit, Dr. Stephen Cowan. And for parents who want to read more deeply about this in, in the parenting space, his book, Fire Child, Water Child, it's really a fabulous read. Um, so each of these, each of these five types definitely have very specific, you know, temperaments and personalities that you can notice in your kids. Um, They're wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And in the wood hero, the wood hero child has to touch everything. opens and closes cabinets and bangs on pots and pans and and needs to try and do and move and can't sit still and usually gets up really early raring to go Mm -hmm. they can get frustrated if you tell them to stop right (laughs) very frustrated or angry and you know fire kids are easily excited very sensitive they love playing they love flirting and making eye contact they love friends they're going to smile a lot but the same sensitivity you know in a positive way at the same time you might see your fire child be super sensitive to any kind of uncomfortable stimulation, doesn't want, doesn't like sad, doesn't like to be in sad. Mm-hmm. They can panic and become anxious as well easily. Okay. 
Um, the Earth Hero Child is really like a very loyal, very loyal friend, you know, very considerate and kind and caring and kind of quiet and sweet. Um, the peacemaker. Right. You know, this is the kid who doesn't want any of her friends to be in a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, they um, they fear being left out. So this is your child who might have a lot of separation anxiety, um, you know, fear of abandonment. Earth kids kind of, they learn by stories. They might talk a lot and tell you a really long story. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I have an earth child and he is consistently, constantly talking. <laughs> so it's interesting because they both teach that way and learn that way. Yeah. They love, they love conversation. So the metal hero child is very precise and methodical. They notice details. They get um, annoyed by little things. They might be the kid who you need to cut out all the tags of their clothes because mm. they just Mm, all those little things are just annoying. Right. Yeah. They love to practice, right? They, um, they will, um, they'll go out and perfect, you know, their skills in sports or in music. Um, they can become overly stuck on details and overly stuck on the story of what happened to them. Right. And so because Jill didn't do, you know, didn't include me or didn't tell me, then I feel blah, blah, blah. So they'll blame their emotions or their bad day on the story. Okay. So what the water hero, the water hero child is kind of quiet, can be very quiet, Mm -hmm. (laughs) likes to be alone, loves to play on their own, loves fantasy. Um, can get lost in their in their thinking and in their imagination. Mm-hmm. They can forget to go to the bathroom because they're so enwrapped in a book or a video game. They can forget to go to sleep because they'll read with a flashlight under the covers all night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're very sweet. You know, the thing with a water a water hero is when they're stressed, just be careful. Don't let them over isolate. You want to make sure that they remember to connect into the world and, and socially with other kids and other people. Right. So as you're speaking, I'm just, you know, I'm listening and the way you describe each and I'm like just triggered into asking the question about the way we're sort of labeling our children in society now, sort of with all these disorders Mm-hmm. Because when I listened to you talk about wood, I automatically thought, well, this sounds like how some people describe their child with ADD. Yes. And what you'll see, it's interesting that you you know bring up ADD. Dr. Cowan's book is like the five types of ADD. Uh, and so, yeah. So it's interesting. It's one way. But... If you understand your child and your child's needs through the rubric of this five elements, you know, methodology, you'll start to see, well, each child needs a little something different in order to feel safe. And when they can't sit still, 
you know, the question is, it's not about, well, let me set boundaries and let me like strap him to the chair so it doesn't move. Right. But it's more about like, huh, okay, so this is my wood child um, going into their distorted, stressed state. And in those states, I understand exactly what he needs and he's not getting. And you also understand how to nurture him. The other thing that we do a lot of times is, you know, depending on our own nature, and that's, you know, something we can talk about, the intersection of me and my child, what comes up in that space. But we tend to jump into emergency. Oh, my God, my child's not sitting still. And so we jump into what do I do now to fix it and get myself out of an uncomfortable state. Right. But a lot, if you're using the five elements method as a growing tool, as a learning tool, as an, a, a viewpoint through which we evolve, you know, and empower ourselves to become stronger humans, we have to understand that this stuff takes time. Mm-hmm. This is building new habits through the lens of self-awareness. It's, it's actually a whole long um, science experiment. And what do we do in science experiments? I mean, how many years does it take to, to do a scientific study, right? Because right. we have to observe, track, pay attention. And then, and then once we start to see patterns, we understand. And then we know what types of interventions will work. So a lot of times as parents... We, you know, we don't we don't believe that we have the luxury of sitting still while our kid has a tantrum <laughs> because we have to get them to school at nine. Right. So we have all of these deadlines and all of these things to meet. Like we can't look embarrassing in front of, you know, Aunt May at Thanksgiving because little Johnny needs to go into the kitchen and open all of the cabinets at her house. Right. Right. I mean, right. <laughs> So we feel um, we go into an emergency sense um, that we need to fix something, which is kind of contributes to some degree to the rise of overmedication um, in some of these states. Not that medication isn't necessary. There are certainly many times where medication is absolutely necessary. Right. But I think that you know, we, there is a trend that um, researchers are saying towards over-medication. And part of that is the, our not wanting to sit with the uncomfortable feelings. Like, what do we do in those in-between states from the moment that we get triggered? Like, oh, my gosh, my child is acting out. Mm-hmm. To the moment that we resolve it, those in-between moments can really be hard. And we don't like to feel them. <laughs> Absolutely. So it's like, how do we get out of this fast? So just a like a broad statement about using the five elements to help your child grow and to help build a great relationship. This isn't a, a fix me quick right. method. This is a this is a lifelong practice. Yeah, you know, and what stands out as you're speaking is a couple of things. You know, first first of all, what I love is that it takes away the fixing of the problem and making the child the problem mm-hmm. and brings it more into a relational dynamic between parent and child and really, you know, forcing everyone to be more present and more in their bodies so that they're, you know, working through a situation instead of trying to fix a problem. 
which I think is huge. You know, I think that makes such a difference, especially for the child who would otherwise be labeled as a problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talk about that in two, two ways. One thing, as you, as you kind of launch into this space, if you want to use this, you know, to help your family, one is to always stay in growth mindset. And it's become somewhat of a buzzword in educational spaces up here in New York. I'm not sure if it's same across, you know, your listenership, but um, growth mindset is many things. But one thing is the idea that challenge is an invitation to grow. A lot of times we see challenge and then go into that like psychological emergency into fix like you were talking about. But really, if we can shift a little bit and pause and calm our own emotions in the face of challenges and see it as like, wow, the universe (laughs) or my or my very anxious child has given me an opportunity Mm -hmm. to improve our relationship. And what's still missing? Because you only cry out in pain, emotional pain, if you're not getting your needs met. So what's still missing and how can we rebalance? Right. The second thing is that context is really important and it matters. Not to use absolutes, right? Not to use in in conflict, you always or you never, right? Mm. Because it's never true and it gets you stuck. It it hampers your possibility. It cuts off growth. As soon as you say you never empty the dishwasher, all of a sudden I am a really crappy dishwasher emptier. Right, right. (laughs) And so how do you get out of that? It it doesn't open up for um, a conversation and growth the same way it might be if you had said to me, Carrie, listen, last night something went wrong and you forgot to empty the dishwasher. As a result, this morning, I couldn't have my my coffee on time and I felt frustration come up and I was late for my meeting. Mm-hmm. So that's like, holy cow, last night I did blah, blah, blah. So we can do that with our kids. Right. So staying in context and using the mindset that you're right. This is not like I need to fix you. You're wrong. But you're, this challenge we're both experiencing right now is an invitation to grow. Yeah, an invitation to grow and an invitation to, to be understood. I think what I notice, and I remember being a kid and feeling so misunderstood, feeling like, you know, first of all, like nobody saw who I really was, but nobody was really like hearing me, right? It was, I, I felt like I was al- almost a projection of whatever they thought, right? You know, and with the statements that you're saying, you always, you never, you know, this is what, this is who you are without really finding out who I was. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, this concept, I mean, I think, and I'll ask you if you think that when parents sort of embrace this, does the child feel more and more understood and, and less misunderstood? Absolutely. I see it with my own kids. I see it, you know, when we do work with the nonprofit and it's almost like a weight is lifted. It's almost like they feel like kids don't feel like they need to push so hard to make you hear them. Right. You don't disappear under the stress of it all. Yeah. You know, when we, when we are like quote unquote grown ups, right. Um, we kind of think we know better we know, we may know more things. <laughs> right. And sometimes we may know 
a little more on a topic. But really, our children are our biggest teachers if we're open to that. Mm -hmm. These kids, they're still developing. They're still figuring things out. And they're very innocent and um, childlike way of reflecting back what we look like when we yell and when we, you know, we need things our way. Mm -hmm. It's outrageously frustrating to parents. Um, but it can also be, you know, an opportunity to pause and really take stock because who else in your life pisses you off quite as much? Right. <laughs> That's very true. Really, I kind of measure the people who rub me the wrong way the most. <laughs> yeah. Are the world's way of being like, Here's a teacher for you. Here's a teacher. Because the more I can build my skills and become resilient to these triggers, you know, the more I can see these interactions as opportunities to become more knowledgeable and become more empathetic, Mm -hmm. you know, and become a stronger me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. I've had this conversation with clients, with friends who have multiple children and they'll, you know, they'll share with me, oh, you know, this child A is my, my biggest challenge. And I'm always like, oh, then child A is your biggest gift. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And it's such a reframe because you never think about the, the child who, you know, has you pulling your hair out and not sleeping at night as a gift, but When you can flip that and see it in that way, and why is this child here to, you know, to help me grow in such tremendous ways? I think that perspective is is a game changer in the relationship. It certainly is. And it's really, really hard. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. It really is. I mean, my kids are 23, 20, and 16 now. And and we still have our moments. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just the little terrible twos who, who get your get your goat. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're gonna take a quick break here. And then when we get back, I would love to talk about um more specifically, you know, how parents can use this information with each type, you know, what they can provide to their children, you know, just to be more effective as parents and in building their relationship. We will be right back with Carrie Davidson. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. We are back with Carrie Davidson discussing the five personality types and how they can help you more effectively parent and also more effectively be present and know your child. And so I thought we could kind of discuss more specifically what parents can really provide to their children based on each personality type. 
Absolutely. So it's really important. I think there's two pieces here. There's definitely understanding your kids and what each of them needs, but also the more self-aware you are about your five elements primary type, the better you're going to be able to navigate and predict some of those prickly moments and prepare for them. Right. Reinforce. If you know that you have, you know, a wood kid who is going to be, doesn't want to listen about getting his shoes on in the morning, you can prepare at night and you can give that child the responsibility of, hey, you know, let's plan how tomorrow's going to look. You tell me how we're going to get out at nine. Mm-hmm. You're going to do from da, da, da at each point. Right. And all of a sudden they're empowered and they own the morning, right? Which is what they need. Right. And so, and you've avoided those morning, like imagine if you're a metal parent who needs everything on time. (laughs) (laughs) That way you really reinforce a skill for your child and empower him in ways he needs. Mm -hmm. Also, you avoid, you avoid the pitfalls that you know happen every single school day morning. Right. So, um, so it's really important to know yourself, to take control over planning, you know, for potential challenging moments as the parent in the house, because you can't really count on your (laughs) your kid to do that. (laughs) Right, exactly. Right. And the more the more in balance you are, the more able you're going to be to be present for all of this. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So build your resilience. No, know what your needs are. Make sure you've gotten enough sleep. Right. And remember to eat your breakfast and all those things. The more the more you take care of your physical and your cognitive and your spiritual needs, the better parent you're going to be to any of the five types. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so with that said, we'll go into, you know, the needs of each different type. So a wood kid, a wood kid is going to need to need to have a choice. Mm. As much as I've seen and I've experienced personally not really wanting to give my child a choice because we have to get out of the door, um, again, planning ahead is a really good thing to consider. But, for example, for your wood kid, if you need his shoes on by nine, you know, one of the things you could do is say you could wear the green shoes or the blue shoes, Right. So that way you've given the wood child a choice, mm-hmm. but you're still kind of in control of the fact that one of the choices is, is going to be shoes on. Right. <laughs> shoes are getting on. So you've kind of like, you know, um, gone around the issue a little bit and made them feel like they have a choice. So if you can find ways to include the wood child in decision making. You know, like Mm -hmm. if the homework isn't getting done, if the room isn't getting clean, you know, sit down at a quiet time when the when the emotions are not heightened and engage your wood child in a conversation about how they think, you know, what they want to do about what's plan A and what's plan B. Right. So how are you going to get how are you going to make sure your room is clean by Friday? Mm -hmm. You know, so engaging them in in having a, a choice in the plan. Playing playing games with them where they could win. They really like to win. Right. You know, let them win. You don't, you know, we parents don't have to win every backgammon game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they like it. It makes them, it fills them up. They just feel good. So right. give 
that reinforcement. You know, give them a purpose. Help them with self-confidence. Give them goals. You know, they like to see, you know, like have on, you know, Sunday night, every night, you know, find your rituals, whatever it's going to be. But like, hey, every Sunday night, imagine that you guys have a talk about what's the goal for the week. Mm. You know, yeah. either help them come up, give them some choices, again, choices. But what's your goal this week? You know, this is really important for wood kids, but also keep in mind, it's really important for all kids to round out all their skills here because the more you're balanced in each of these skills, the better equipped you are to be more resilient when you go out in the world and and in times of stress. But these are of particular interest to keeping wood children feeling balanced and having their needs met. Right. So then we have fire kids. Mm-hmm. So fire kids like reassurance and comfort. They like a hug. They like to be reminded you love them. They like to be told, oh, my gosh, your room is so clean. You are amazing. <laughs> right. A lot of times I've heard parents say, well, they should just do it because they're supposed to do it. Yeah. But the reality is of the five types fire really feels good when they have when they know that you like what they did you know it just feels good so why not give them that they like optimism you know don't be too heavy with your fire kid about the realities of life (laughs) (laughs) not to avoid it because you know there are sometimes times we need to have heavy conversations right But balance it out with healthy, you know, doses of optimism and fun and play. Take them out to the playground, play with them, laugh with them, tell jokes. Right. So this is very reassuring for a fire kid. Okay. Make eye contact, you know, snuggle at night with them. They really just love that. Right. So then, then for an earth kid, earth kids love friends. You know, make sure you nurture their ability to have play dates with their friends. Mm-hmm. They like to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they like to sit and have dinner with you and cook dinner with you and be with you. Mm-hmm. you know, these are the kids that just, they want time with you. They want your support. They want your trust. They like that. They like to be needed too. you know, give them a job. You know, they like to be, they like to be in charge of, you know, cutting up the cucumbers for the salad. Right. They like to know that their contribution made a difference to your life. You know, so, so tell them how much it meant, you know, and include them. They really like that. Yeah. And, um, so then with, um, with metal kids, Metal kids like routine. They like order and consistency. They like you, um, they like to practice, you know, so offer to practice throwing the ball with your kid, you know, offer to, to listen to them or set a time, you know, um, set aside time to have them practice their piano or their flute or their drums or, or whatever, whatever it is that they do. Mm-hmm. Create a schedule together and keep it. Be on time. Don't like, you know, we will get to divorce, you know, parenting. But if you have, if it's your weekend with your kids and you're picking them up, you know, your metal child really needs to know you want to be on time. Mm -hmm. 
you know, so be, be there, you know, keep your, keep your promises. They want honesty, you know, they want to know that, that you believe that what they did was smart and good and a great idea. Right. You know, so tell them like, wow, that decision you made was really great. Or that was, that was a lot of hard work you put into, you know, doing that piece of art. You know, if they come home with an art project. Right. Or they really love, you know, seeing how things work. You know, take something apart with them and put it back together. Mm. You know, they just, they like that. And if right. they want you to cut the tags out of their clothes, cut the tags out of their clothes. <laughs> I have an earth child who needs that done. <laughs> Yeah. Like we all have all of these in us. So yeah. Mornings where your wood child wakes up and is so meddly and you're like, who is this child? Right. Right. And so you'll have, there will be times, but where you'll notice it the most is when they're most stressed out and they're not having their needs met. Right. Or they're their best self. Because mm-hmm. you know? when they're at their best, you're not going to be able to mistake metal for fire. You know, right. it'll be really clear that your class clown child is fire. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes, absolutely. So then we have water. Give your water child space to process. Mm. A lot of times parents, even watery parents, will want to hover and fix things and make sure everything's okay and know what's going on and be afraid if the child is, you know, too distant or too quiet or not sharing enough. Mm -hmm. There will be times where you need to know more about what's going on. But if you have a water child, they thrive with space and time and quiet time. You know, it's okay to just like be in the room with them. You know, don't force them to talk about everything all the time it's important definitely to draw them out so they don't get over isolated and over you know stuck in their imagination but definitely let them let them have their space for for creativity and you know at meal times maybe ask them you know what have you been thinking about lately what creative ideas would you have for fixing xyz problem mm. you know, engage them list draw out what's what's going on in their minds over meals uh, meal times especially it's just a good together time you know they don't think on their own to share with you which is can can feel odd to some you know some of us of the other types right so gently you know unconditionally lovingly you know ask them what's what are they think what are they thinking about without being too pushy because that will push them further and further into their quiet water spaces Okay. Yeah, that's so that's interesting when you say like they don't even think about it. They don't even think to share. No, not at all cuz they're so much happier in their brain like <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's talk about this now as it relates to, you know, anyone listening who's going through a divorce situation where they're either going through the divorce, they've gone through it and now they're co-parenting that extra layer of stress and how they can, you know, use this information again to navigate that more effectively. Yeah, it's hard. Anytime, anytime there are outside big stressors, Mm -hmm. it's really hard to stay balanced and to have this 
harmonious sense of yourself and what you need and what the people around you need. It throws off your equilibrium, just does. And divorce, I think I was looking at this one article once that listed the most devastating life experiences that really throw us for a loop. And like death and divorce were right next to each other. Yep. Yeah. It's really, really hard. So, you know, there's a couple things to say. And the first one is going back, you know, to what we've been talking about is do your best to become, maintain your self-awareness, recognize when you're going into your stress states. So when you're going into your stress states, fire is going to be panic, anxiety, burnout. Earth is going to be worry and overwhelm and just completely unable to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Metal is going to be overly critical, overly judgmental, blaming everybody else, becoming very rigid in your thinking. Water is going to be isolation, complete isolation, not talking to anyone, becoming depressed. And wood is just bursting out into anger and frustration. Mm -hmm. So if you notice yourself going into those states, you are not going to be in the best frame of mind to be a good parent. So you're not going to be able to see your child. Anything your child does is going to feel like an attack. Right. Instead of just like, oh, my my wood child who's acting out, I, I feel bad. I keep picking on wood. I'm going to pick on <laughs> my fire child who's acting out. <laughs> um, you know, it's it feels like an attack when we are not our strongest self. Right. You can't empathize with the needs of this child in that moment. So the more you can do to just stay aware of, recognize, and track your own stress states, the more you'll be able to control it and the stronger parent that you'll be. If your soon-to-be ex-spouse is open to also, you know, figuring out who they are in this space and doing their own self-balancing, I mean, that's like, that's amazing. Yeah. But I don't. I wouldn't necessarily count. On it. <laughs> uh, you never know. Like some people are into it, some people are not. And sp- and if your relationship is splintering, the likelihood of you know somebody, your ex spouse, taking your advice on self growth, <laughs> right, might not happen. Um. So, so just remember, the only person and thing you can control in this life is yourself. So the more you can remain strong, the better off your child will be. So that's kind of, you know, where to start. Yeah. As soon as you understand, you know, who you are, what you need, and who your child is and what he or she needs, the more you can just be that um, that beacon of light in your in your space when you control you know, the situation when, when you have your time with your child or your, your kids, they're going to be, if you're consistent with it. So the more you can remain consistent, keeping yourself in balanced states and recognizing when you're in stress, not reacting in stress to your kid, um, and honoring who they are and, and giving them what they need to, the more you can, you can do that, the better able everyone that will be to handle the difficult moments that are just part and parcel of the divorce process and the co-parenting relationship. The best case scenario is that your, you know, your ex-spouse 
is similarly focused in, you know, supporting their own growth and their own their own strength and feeling strong for their child and the growth of the child. Right. So hopefully that's where everyone is. But in the case where that's not that's not happening, definitely my advice is to know who you are, track your stress states, take more control over them, know who your child is and know what your combination will bring up you and your child. Right. And do the best you can to be proactive to prevent those really big blow ups of like, you can't get out the door on time or everyone's fighting in the minivan. (laughs) Yeah, no, absolutely. So, um, so yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah. And I was even going to add when you were saying, you know, if your ex isn't open to this, the more even you can know about your ex and really understand who they are and the dynamic that might come up between them and your child, you know, you can be a source of nurturing or strength or providing tools to your child that they may need to have a more, you know, a a better relationship with the other parent, or at least feel more safe with the other parent. Yeah, totally. And if you know what your what your ex is, also, if you can get a sense, you'll also know what things will push his or her buttons. Right. Right. And then you can kind of avoid, like, sometimes we just like to oots. Do you know what oots means? <laughs> no. Grandmother, like, push someone's butt. I think it might, yeah. it might not be Yiddish. It might be just something that she made up. <laughs> I don't know. But it's, like, just for the sake of pushing someone's buttons. Right. right? It's kind of all been there, mm-hmm. but, um, but it's not necessary. And especially when there's kids, you know, in the mix, if you push someone's buttons just for the sake of it, you know, you're initiating a stress state that has fallout that has, you know, repercussions on your child, right? All the people in that person's life. So, you know, if you can refrain, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, knowing your, your ex-spouse's type on your own, you'll know. We all know what pushes their buttons usually. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, this has been really informative. You know, I I know that our listeners are going to be able to take a lot of this information and just apply it and really just start knowing who, not only who they are, but who their kids are and hopefully see them in a different light. Yeah. So please let everyone know about the quiz for their children, for themselves, you know, where they can sort of start this process. Right. So we have a great website with a lot of free resources that's very kid-centric, kid and family-centric, and has the quiz for kids. And the web address is T as in Tom, dash kids.org, stands for turnasolkids.org. And, um, and you'll find a lot of resources there. And for parents who want to dig even deeper, there's a great book, Dr. Stephen Cowan, who is one of our founders of the nonprofit. Um, his book is called Fire Child, Water Child. And it goes really deep into these five types for parents and helps them help their kids through those tough spots too. So it's great. Yeah, and I want to say like, my my son took the quiz and he loved it. Like he thought it was so fun. You know, I think kids actually really enjoy learning about themselves as well. Yeah, it is. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, he really liked it. And I know Dr. Cowan personally, as I've told you as well. And I know his work is amazing. And he's 
truly a gift to this world. So, well, thank, <laughs> thank you so much for all of your time for doing this series with us. Um, we really, we appreciate you very, very much. Well, thanks, Jen. I mean, I had so much fun and I really, really hope that a lot of people feel empowered and that they have new information that can help them really thrive in this life. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.